So as many of you guys know, I usually put out like a questionnaire or like a survey type thing on Instagram asking people, you know, who they'd like to hear on the podcast, you know, what what topics they'd like to listen to. And a couple weeks ago, I had a guy who I respect greatly tell me, hey, you need to get UP Bowhunter Todd Freeman on the podcast. He's somebody, you know, who's been operating a high level in the deer woods. It'd be a great guest. So I did just that. I got a hold of Todd. We had a great conversation on the phone. And, you know, this podcast is a result of uh, the conversation we had after the fact. And it was awesome. And I had so much fun recording it. I had so much fun, uh, you know, having this conversation and having him on as a guest. And I really do believe that I think I made a new friend a few states away. So um, just do me a quick favor. Get on Apple Podcast app or Spotify Leave me a rating. Give me some feedback. Let me know who you'd like to hear on the podcast. And also, maybe some topics. Maybe, you know, a wide range of things. It doesn't just have to be about one specific thing. So, just leave me some feedback. Let me know. Um, also, quick thing. Um, social media. Get on Instagram. My so my name is the double underscore bearded double underscore nomad. Give me a follow. Uh, you know, if you want to give me some feedback on there, kind of let me know what you like to hear on the podcast and different things like that. That'd be awesome. Hope you guys enjoy this week's podcast. Let me know what you think. Also, before I forget and before we get into the episode, quick thing. I am a brand ambassador for two awesome companies, one of them being Philcraft Survival. Um, and Philcraft Survival is all about the prepared uh, citizen you know, being prepared in any situation, whether it be out in the field, whether it be during worst case scenario, whatever it may be, um, just a great company ran by a, you know former special forces guys. Go give them a follow on Instagram at Fieldcraft Survival, and if you want to go to the store and buy anything, use the discount code Seth10 for 10% off. Also, I am a brand ambassador for another company called Black Gun Co. That's B L K G U N Co. on Instagram. Great dude who is um, current LEO, just an awesome guy, uh, does, has a lot of um, just cool streetwear and also uh, some workout clothes. Go use the code Seth20 and you'll get 20% off at checkout. Great companies and great people to support. And uh, thanks, guys. Go check it out. Guys, welcome back this week. Um, wanted to talk a little bit, about, real quick, about uh, bow hunters or hunters in general who are have been operating at what I view, and um, you know, others, some others view it at a high level, um, but they've been flying under the radar. Maybe you know they're not on TV, might not even be on YouTube, might not even. Uh, Sometimes not even on social media at all, but this guy is on social media and uh, was brought to my attention by the bow hunting fiend himself, Greg Litzinger, and we had talked back and forth, and he was like, man, you got to get this guy on the podcast and listen to some of his stories and, and just have him share some of his experience and advice. And um, so I took one look at his Instagram, and I knew this is exactly – um, the kind of person that I wanted to get on the podcast. One reason being um, just pure and sheer experience uh, to share and the wealth of knowledge that I'm sure that has been put into the years of, of hunting and bow hunting and tracking and, you know, finding these mature bucks on public land. Um, also, just because it reminded me, you know, you guys have heard me talk a lot about my family and my uncles who were, you know, some of the craziest people that I've seen do some crazy stuff. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. So, you know, without further ado, I got the UP bow hunter, Todd Freeman, Todd, 
thanks so much for sitting down with me and uh, giving me just a, a little bit of your time and uh, hopping on the podcast with me. Hey, Seth, no problem. It's great to be with you. So, I, you know, I, I, I look at your Instagram and, you know, it's like, it's just, I like to sit there and I just like fanboy a little bit because it's like, you know, each caption is like, you know, shot at 20 yards, shot at 12 yards you know, didn't go 40, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, allergies are killing me, but, uh, you know, I, I see that and it's, I, it's also not just the killing, but it's like, you know, I see some other posts that you're talking about, you know, like just going out and seeking adventure, you know, being in the wilderness and like, obviously that resonates with me beyond anything. Um, you know, I love, I think a big part of me wanting to just bow hunt exclusively public land is, is the adventure is the seeking the, the, the wild in a lot of sense, because it's like, you know, I could find, I could find, you know, 10 buck beds or I can find whatever, however much. And it's still like, I just got to keep going. Like I want to go deeper. I want to see what's around the next bend or, you know, in the next ridge or, you know, what's in the next deep cut. And, uh, you know, seeing that, you know, on, on your page and I want to reference your page a lot, probably in this, in this podcast, but seeing that is, that's, you know, what drew me in. And when I was like, yep, I got to get this guy in, you know, what's kind of just go into a little bit about you, a little bit about who you are and kind of what fuels your, your fire for, you know, getting on public land and, you know, seeking that next adventure. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> Seth, I, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, uh, <laughs> I, there's probably not a lot of your your uh, podcast listeners that know a whole lot about the UP or UPERS or anything like that. But I grew up in a place that's wild northern northern hemisphere country, and uh, you know, I I grew up um, where just about any place you could see you could hunt, and uh, went in the service when I was 18. And um, moved out east here and, and met my wife from South Jersey. Uh, met a girl from South Jersey and married her. And, you know, we've been married. We'll be married 29 years next next uh, week. And uh, Oh, man. Happy early Yeah, thanks. And um, so I've, I've been in South Jersey for you know, in and out for, man, probably almost 30 years or whatever. I'm going to be 50 in a couple of weeks. And, uh, <laughs> um. When I first got here, I thought, oh, my goodness, there's not much adventure here and there's not a whole lot here. But, you know, over the years of getting out there and getting at it and, and um, trying to go in a little bit deeper than other people and whatnot, um, I learned. And you can make if you can make adventure in South Jersey or in Jersey in general, a lot of people don't don't realize it. But if you can get away from people and uh, you just have to take a couple extra steps to get get away from people and. Um, I just want people to know that you, you can make adventure out of anything that you, you, uh, you, you want to, you know, and, um, you know, you, t you talk about the Instagram. I was hacked back in the first week in March. So oh, yeah, no. I was hacked. So I, I probably had about three or four years worth of content and, um, I was getting a, a little bit of a following. I mean, not, not yeah. big numbers or nothing like that. that that's not my, my thing, but, you had yeah. a lot of things on there and I was getting to a point where you, you could throw some things out there that you know, that are probably resonating with people and, and whatnot, oh, for you sure. know, and at this point now I'm, you know, starting over from scratch. I don't have those kind of people, you know, that kind of following. So I don't um, necessarily, my posts aren't like they were before when I had people, you know, trying to get that adventure out there, I get it as soon yeah. as I start getting a little more people that are, are looking and, and watching. But, um, yeah, my main thing is I, I, um, I just like to, if I'm going to leave my house and I'm going to be able to have a, a Saturday morning away from my family and, and the kids and my wife and the dog and everything like that, I want it to be a successful time. And I think what most people learn is, you know, hunting public lands. If you go in the same way that everybody else goes in, you're going to have the success that everybody else has. Oh man, that's you so know, true. and um, one thing about South Jersey is we have a lot of tidal water, 
but for yeah. some reason it's probably not unlike uh, West Virginia or any of the other places that you hunt. If you can cross that water, you can get into places that other people won't go. Duck hunters seem like they want to go into those places because that's where they, they make a living. But deer yeah. hunters never seem to want to cross water. And um, it's, I, I've had a lot of success, um, you know, with paddling in with canoes and kayaks and John boats and your waders oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But it seems pretty easy yeah. to me. But for some reason, um, people seem to like that, that type of thing. And, and hopefully there's people out there that have seen some of the stuff that I put out there over the years that, that made them go just a little bit farther than other people. And then that, I mean, I think that's really what it's about is, you know, you're, you're seeking the adventure for yourself, but you're also, uh, you know, in a sense, inspiring others to just go a little bit deeper or to try a little bit new things. Yeah. And, and, and to, it's like, look, you know, yeah, I, I had the success this is possibly the success you can have if you just kind of push a little bit harder yep. or you try a little bit yeah. harder. And, and, and the, you know, another thing too, you know, you look at the Instagram stuff and a lot of guys are just, they, they do things the same way they've been watching people do it on TV and, and not. Yeah. And there's so much stuff that, you know, your uncle told you back when you were 12. It is yeah. so basic, but yet yeah. people have not been given that, that kind of knowledge for a long time now. You know what I mean? And, and, it's so yeah. true. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I tried to talk to my uncle the other day. I, I, we went turkey hunting with him. My wife went turkey hunting with him on opening day last week. Okay. And, uh, I was like, Hey, you know, he had like, he didn't even know I had a podcast. Okay. And I was like, I was like, Tim, you didn't know how to podcast. He said, no. I said, I really want to get you on the podcast and, you know, kind of, you know, share some of your knowledge. And he was like, Oh, my, I get, I just got old knowledge, and I was like, ah, no, no, I don't, I don't think that's it at all. I said, I think that's the exact knowledge that people people need. are starving for that stuff, you know, Seth. Yeah, the, starving for like the stuff that's like proven, but kind of straight away because you know, I, I don't want to like get on a, a, a rant, a bashing, but like just what you see on TV is a lot different than what what's old school. You know yeah. what I mean? People are getting, people and, are wise, getting wise to that. You know, <laughs> young hunters are starting to come yeah. up. They're starting to see some of the YouTube stuff. That's not so production and not pushing, uh, you know, the big brands and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, they're, they're starting to get onto yeah. it and there's, there's a market for it out there, man. There yeah. is. I've noticed there's a big yeah. one. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the, the, the whole, it's, you know, for example, I'm going to use this as for example, like the whole mobile hunting thing, mm -hmm. like, that was the biggest thing at the archery trade association this yeah. year. Like it was like, that was all that was the rage and all that was, you know, a, a selling. Cause it was like, everybody wanted to get lighter and quicker and, you know, go deeper. And which I thought was so awesome, yeah. you know, a little bit bad for people who are, who've been doing it for a while and have, cause now they got to deal with, you know, 300 other hunters, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's like, man, like that, that's what I kind of made me excited. Cause you know, like, the stuff that's worked uh, and been proven to work is the stuff that's getting the recognition. Yep. Absolutely. And that, it, it kind of, that, you know, I, I'm a young guy and, you know, growing up and I had, I was, I've been fortunate enough to see what's on TV and well, you know, like you said, the, the lower ends, the production stuff on YouTube and like, I'm so thankful that I also had like, you know, like, like the family that was like, Hey, like, you know, you do this, you know, try this, go a little bit deeper you know, get, get a little bit higher in that tree or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, it was just, it's really awesome to see. Um, and, you know, being able to take in all the knowledge that people are willing to share, you know, people like you and Greg, and, you know, we had talked on the phone a little bit, uh, a couple of days ago and, you know, people like Dan, um, you know, willing to share that information and stuff. And, you know, I don't like, it's almost like, uh, you know, I wonder how many deer are, have been killed, you know, where he's responsible for, for being killed because of the information he's willing to share with people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's a whole, there's a whole generation of guys. If, if, <laughs> if you go back to people that follow Dan, there's a whole generation now of guys that um, are just taking it as first, you know, first round uh, knowledge that, that Dan has put out there yeah. for people, you know, and, uh, I think even if you follow some of Dan's stuff on YouTube and stuff, even he's ha realizing that, you know, he, he's getting into situations where places he's hunted over the years that he's been able to get away from people that 
these young bucks are they're they're getting back in there now, man. You know. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I know I was watching one of his videos and he said that uh he was helping um his buddy drag a deer and another hunter was walking out like it, it went dark and was walking out and he goes, Are you Dan Infall? <laughs> yeah. He was like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, these like people are starting to recognize, you know, just his voice. Yeah. And and stuff. And I thought that I was like, man, that's <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I and I think, you know, I think guys like Dan are the ones that really do need the or do need some kind of recognition. Not that he wants it, or and I guarantee you, he. he I, I've never met him, but he definitely probably doesn't even need it no. for him. It's just, but I think it was the guys that should have it because you know they're up, like I said, operating at such a high level, but flying under the radar. Yep. You know, just in, in learning and 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 that one thing I've always noticed, and it might sound cl- really cliche, is that you know it's like they never stop learning, like they're it's all they're always being a student to the deer you know they're using the knowledge that they've always you know or they've gained over the years but they're always willing to learn something new and i think that uh you know i'm sure that you know dan or you know just other guys they're always willing to learn more and uh i think that's also a big thing you know you know although dan probably knows he's probably forgotten more information about deer than most you know quote unquote expert hunters know, you know. Yeah, he probably has forgot more than than most know, but uh I think he, he always remembers <laughs> the important stuff though. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would hope. I would hope. So um I'm I, I want to ask you this. Like I've asked a couple other people this, but like it's been one of my goals, you know, to like really get on public land and, and get in those situations where I'm having those close encounters with those mature bucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, besides like, <clears throat> excuse me, besides like, you know, doing the scouting, because, you know, I'll do the scouting and, you know, I'll put up the cameras and stuff like that. You know, what, what is your, what is your, your kind of your, your thought process and like your physical, like step-by-step, you know, if you have one process of getting in tight with some of those mature bucks and, you know, getting those close shots like you do. Well, one thing, I mean, I guess you got to, first of all, you got to take in, first of all, you, you got to know where there, there's a, uh, a selection of deer that you can go after. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a trail cam guy. I never really have been. I never had much success with them. They've gotten stolen more than they've ever been useful to me, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I, I think you need to have a selection of places that have been proven, um, either through scouting or through hunting observation and hunting um you gotta have a um you gotta do that and i think then you gotta kind of break up um what time of year it is and take some of that information and decide is this area a rut area is this an early season area you know you gotta know how you want to apply what you know about that area for the the situation and the time of the year that you're in so yeah for me um i've always been pretty successful during the rut. Um, I know Greg and, and I have spoken. He's like, I'm not a rut guy, this and that, but um, <laughs> because I'm not a, a hardcore bed guy and I'm not really yeah. a, uh, um, I don't want to say I'm not a trail cam guy. I'm not a bait guy. Yeah. Um, for me, the rut has always been a, a good time for me because it, I like and this may not sound real cool these days, but I really do like to have some um, surprise when I get into a stand, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't – I do think it's really, really cool for the guys that got a good chunk of land or they have a lot of trail cam history with, with deer and, and whatnot. But I, I really like to be surprised during the rut. I like to go into places that are traditionally – there's going to be some tanks in there that I can hunt. Yeah. And I, I really, really – I don't know if I would be as satisfied to kill something if I had a hundred trail cam pictures of him and I knew that he was on this point. Yeah. You know know what I mean? As much as going into an area and just have something, something really big show up, you know what I mean? So the rut has always been a good time for me. I I like, um, I've been a mobile hunter for probably 20 years, you know, as far as I used to hunt with, I had 15, 16 stands set up on a bunch of different public pieces and I'd hunt by the wind or whatnot 
Yeah. But I, I, I found myself getting real lazy. Oh, yeah. Over the years where, oh, yeah, I could probably just slip into this stand right now. And, and man, I tell you what, I was following Dan at the time. And Dan would say, you know, guys that do that kind of stuff, they're wishing, they're hoping for luck. And they're, you know, <laughs> you, you know, and. Yeah. And you when you hunt a stand over, you know, two, three, four times the deer are on to you after that first time. And it, that, there's no further truth than that. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that first time in is, is it, you know? So first of all, that's, a, that's the way I'm going to think when, when, when I'm sitting there at night, okay. I, it's Friday night. Um, I'm getting my gear together. I've taken a few shots at night and then I, I sit down, I look at that weather. Then I start looking at my Onyx maps and I try to think of, how can I get into a place that's going to put me in a good position with the knowledge that I have yeah. where my scent stream and my ground scent trail are going to overlap. Yeah. So that then I can cut 360 degrees into 320 degrees of huntable area. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, yes. To, okay. Yes. <laughs> if I think so, it's hard enough. Yeah, well, what I guess what I'm getting at is if if um, if you're going from a parking area and you're you're uh, putting in, you know, driving up into the parking area and you're walking in like everybody else, you're you're walking in there and you're going to have a more than likely, no matter how good you do it, you're going to have a scent stream that comes in from one side. Yeah, your 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 ground scent is going to come in from one side and your scent stream is going to go to another to be in that area and you're going to have two two um scent streams or scent um indicators to those deer yeah that are knocking a, a lot of your your huntable area out yeah, if i can okay, yeah, if that I makes can, sense yeah makes if sense. i can paddle back into an area and i can cut into the wind and cut into the the, the predominant wind for that day mm-hmm. and get in there and my scent stream is is going right back on my ground scent yeah you know what i mean i got 300 and something degrees that i can hunt yeah makes 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 more sense absolutely yeah and and, and you know it going back to you know access like i think if you're using the same and you just like you said if you're using the same access or doing the same things everybody else is doing you're going to have the same exact success or uh, success as everyone else have and having yeah and yep you know, I've had so many times where I know for a fact deer were literally bedded down by the parking lot just watching people walk by. Um, yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. Like I, a couple like two years ago, I got this small deer, a rack size small, on camera, mm-hmm. and I at first glance it's like okay, just a young, just a young forker. Well, mm-hmm. I got more pictures of him, and you know, it turns out he's just an old buck with nothing going on up, up top and I one day I'm walking in just like everybody else is and I end up bumping that buck um because I went down one trail that I had never been down it's literally right next to the access I end up bumping that buck up and he just trotted off and all along he's literally been betting watching everybody walk in and he's an old buck and just watching yeah. everybody walk in I was like I that's crazy I, like you know just like at that point I was like I really do need to start taking serious like what I'm like how I'm going in and different things like that yeah well you know what and I, I would challenge young guys that are getting into this game to go right to that deer right where you kick that deer up from yeah go right there find out exactly where he's bedding <laughs> and, and and find out exactly why he was bedding there yeah you know what I mean? And then start putting things together. Like, why was he been there? What time of the year is it? Is he, is he sitting on, is he <coughs> mostly watching his back in there? Is that what that bed is about? Yeah. Or is that bed a bed? And you'll see this as the season goes on. Is that a bed that he's actually, actually watching five doe beds or doe trails yeah. that cross right there. And he's just monitoring his does. So, you know, I, I, I think you got to, Instead of just saying, "Oh, I blew it," and and just keep on walking back into the woods, yeah. take the time. You're you're learning. You're in the learning process Absolutely. as a young buck. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take that time. Take that time and go over there and figure it out. See, take the take that extra then, twenty minutes and figure it when, out. When when that happened, then I would not think like you just said. Like I, that's right. what I did. I was like, "Crap!" and I just kept going. But like a year mm-hmm. later, two years later, 
you know, and I'm trying to gain all this knowledge from people and, you know, trying to read and, you know, go out and put it to work. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And like, just like you said, now you would challenge, like, you know, go straight to that bed. Now that's what I would do, you know, or, or, you know, hearing you say that I would, I didn't think about it until you just said it, but now I'd be like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Go figure out why he's bedded there. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of what a stuff I want to do and get into because then I feel like, you know, and I don't want to make it just about being successful as, you know, getting a kill. But like, I believe that my success rate would go higher if I start to figure out, okay, why is he bedded there? Is he just watching do- uh, doe trails or, you know, is he just watching his back? And I, I agree with that 100%. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple. I think it, I, it it's is. so simple. But, I, you know, I think that I, I think I would just overthink it. But, you know, I think I got to learn to just be like, hey go straight to it, figure it out and move on, you know? Yes, sir. <clears throat> so I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm, I apologize. No. Yeah. yeah like I said, um, so I, I think like I, I'll get a, I started with climbers when I started being mobile and that, that weight on your back and that mass <laughs> weight back there yeah. is making you want to, is making you want to get in a tree. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> when, when you're young. And you just, and you're thinking, okay, I got four hours of hunt or I got five hours of hunt today. Yeah. I got to get in a tree, but being in the right tree is much more important for an hour is much more important than being in the woods for five hours. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, Seth? absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely does. I've heard, I've heard Dan say a few things about that where he's like, you know, I've been in. I've, I've been hunting and guys would be like, Oh man, I saw, I was in the tree for, you know, four hours and I saw, you know, three, two year olds and, you know, one, one, three year old and a couple does. What'd you see? He's, I was like, Oh, I saw one deer. He was the four and a half or, you know, he was the mature buck I was after and I shot him, you know? And he was yep. like, I was in the right tree. And I, I agree with that completely. Either you're going to yeah. just get up a random tree and hope for the best, or you're going to figure yeah. out, you know, the tree you need to be in at at a certain time. And, you know, that's, and I think that just like I said, I, I personally, me, and I'm sure it goes for a lot of, us, um, I overcomplicate it. I overthink it, yeah. you know, so, yep, that's it. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, that's a little bit going into, you know, kind of your process of, of finding those mature bucks and, and stuff like that. So, you know, what, what is, what is your, I, I'm going to, this is going to turn into me kind of a picking your brain thing. I hope you don't mind. Um, no problem. But, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. I'm sure you've, you've got some, some, some information to share. Uh, you know, I, when you, so, you know, you, you, you try to figure out what tree to get in. What are you looking for? Like when, so obviously you want to find, are you looking for a fresh sign or are you, what, what, what is your process of going in and, and saying, okay, you know, I found a buck bed. What do you go? What do you do and go from there when you find a good sign or, you know, like you said, you said you're not a huge bed guy, you know, what Mm -hmm. do you do from there? (laughs) Well, the majority of the areas I'm going to end up hunting for the most part, are going to be places I have a pretty good knowledge of. I've either hunted it before. Yeah. I've scouted it pretty good in the wintertime. I've shed hunted it. You know, yeah. And you kind of know the way deer are bedding in there. Yeah. You know, you you may not know exactly what bed they're in that day. You know what I mean? But, um, I, I, the sign, the, the, the fresh sign is really, really important. If you're going in at night, I'm a morning of, if, if you look at a lot of my, my stuff i'm a i'm a guy that goes in in the morning a lot yeah i'm a morning guy i've killed a lot of deer and i have a lot of friends that are like oh dude i don't hunt the morning and i don't know why it is but i love hunting the morning and i've always had pretty good success the mornings are generally the time i've you know especially if you go back in the last 10 years that i've been able to hunt you know um if i get a saturday morning hunt in i can be in in hunt and be done by noon or whatever it is, yeah. have a deer out or, out, or if I didn't get a deer before everybody really starts getting up at my house and it wasn't time that I lost with my family. Yeah. The afternoon hunt, 
that Saturday, I always plan on getting back out on Saturday afternoon, but it generally doesn't, doesn't always happen. Something comes up and I got to go do something with the family. Not that I have to go do it. Yeah. I love doing stuff with family, Absolutely. but things come up on Saturday afternoons in the fall Yeah, and you have to go do other things. And I've never really been an evening guy. I've had a lot more success in the morning. So when I go in the morning, I generally have a pretty good idea. I'm not looking for sign. I have a pretty good idea where I want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I go back to um, like books by Greg Miller and stuff like that. Things, guys that um, maybe some of your listeners don't even know who who he is, but Greg Miller was a a, a great hunter um, in the eighties and the nineties and probably before that too. But he wrote a lot of books and, you know, one of the things that, that he always pushed was, you know, being on fresh sign and whatnot, but those old guys would always say, when you start getting, when it's hard to kill your first mature buck. Yeah. But once you kill your first mature buck or your second mature buck or your third mature buck, you, it, they get easier and easier and easier as the years go by. I, I don't necessarily, nothing's ever really come super easy to yeah. me. I got lucky a lot of times, but nothing ever really has come easy to me. But I think what they meant, those old timers meant by that was once you start realizing what a mature buck is looking for, yeah, what has made him be, you know, live and, and get some, some age to him, you understand what he's looking for. And it becomes easier to find that it's the same thing with turkey hunting. It's the same thing with if, you, if you're out bass fishing and you know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain things that you're going to see. You're going to be like, Oh yeah, this is a repeat. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. I know exactly where to throw that lure. I know how, where to throw that spinner bait. Oh wait, no, I got to switch over to something else right yeah. now. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It, it's you you start getting a, a, a muscle memory, uh, uh, the experience to know this is where I got to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm going to ask you this. I, and I've heard Greg say it a few times with, with people he was talking to, you know, are you and mm-hmm. you know, again, you say, you know, it's spots that you end up knowing really well because you've been hunting it. Uh, you know, maybe you hunted it before or you've hunted it a few times or, you know, it's something you've been on for quite a while. Are you maybe, uh, are you like, is it take maybe a year's, uh, you know, to build up the knowledge? Maybe un- like my uncle, he always calls it unlocking a piece. And okay. you know, unlocking a piece, of, you know, or is it taking time for you to figure out, you know, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to compare this to like the hunting public, you know, they're, they're state to state to state, but mm-hmm. you know, I talked to somebody who was close to them and it was like, they, what they do is literally, they just scout, 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 you know, they're, they're scouting mm-hmm. twice, three, maybe four times as much as they hunt you know, and they find the freshest sign they're getting on it. And, you know, but like when it comes to this situation, you know, you said, you know, you're usually, you know, where to go and where you want to be. Is it taking, you know, and I hate, I don't want you to put, I don't want, I'm not asking you to put like a timeline on it, but is it, would you say it would take years to, to unlock a piece? To be completely honest with you? No, no, no. And, and I think it goes back to experience Yeah, and you can see deer are going to use transitions. They're going to use areas that are similar every, in every piece, the same way. And, and you're, you probably have never heard anybody say this before, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that I've seen. If I hunt Ohio, bucks like to bet on those points. They like to hunt on the leeward or, or bet on the, the leeward side of those points. Yeah. If I'm in South Jersey and I'm in a tidal swamp and I got a laurel thicket or a, not necessarily a laurel thicket, but a, a holly, uh, a, a, a strip of hollies, mm-hmm. those, ho- those hollies sit about 18 inches above the water line yeah. or a, above the rest of the, the thing. Those bucks will absolutely bed exactly the same way on those, on those, um, holly strips as as a buck that's in ohio that's 1800 feet up huh. exactly the same way and as a matter of fact if that that rise for those hollies is 18 inches up they'll actually use the leeward side of that little 15 yard strip 
of woods out, out into a, a, a point on, on a swamp like it's a ridge in Ohio. So the point I, I know what a leeward side is, but for, for most people who are going to listen, probably won't give a quick little definition of what, what you mean. Generally what it, what that means is it's guys will say it's on the downward downwind side, but it's generally going to be your, your South facing side. So if, if, if you got a, a East West <coughs> strip or a Ridge, it's going to generally be your South yeah. or your East side so gotcha yep but you'll see you'll walk out there there'll be a a trail that goes on the on the ridge of it on the top of it and then there'll be a trail a a fainter trail that is on that leeward side Mm -hmm. Um, and and actually almost one third of the way down you know what i mean yeah it's it's the deer are deer are deer yeah (laughs) <laughs> guys make it a lot more complicated than it is. But if you actually get out there and look at the sign, it's dear, dear, dear. Absolutely. And that, that actually, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I believe to be true. I went and I'm planning on hunting Kentucky this year with a good friend mm-hmm. of mine. There's a really nice piece of public. We went and scouted out there and um, he had, he's never hunted public before. And he was like asking me just different things. And I was like, I will tell you what I've learned. I was like, I, yeah, I don't know a lot, but, I kind of start telling them about, you know, leeward, leeward sides and, you know, kind of like the, the upper, like the one third kind of stuff like that. And he's like, yeah. okay, so we found this, we found this, uh, we walked out this ridge a little bit to this point and we dropped down the leeward side and literally one third, like not even, it was like clockwork. It was boom, huge buck bed, three giant rubs right there. And he, he right. looked at me, he was like, how did you know that? And I was like, it's not that I knew that. I was like, I just, I just guessed. And I was like, I guess that might happen. Yeah. I was like, but you know, and I said, deer or deer, you know, I said, you know, if they, so, you know, I didn't. So Seth, so Seth, when you, when you get farther along and you're you, like, you just learned that, you know yeah. that now, right? Yeah. So in all actuality, you don't necessarily have to step foot on a place. If you can, if you can get a good aerial map of it, a good topo map of it, you know, generally you can almost go in there in the dark oh, no. and set up. Yeah. And you, 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 you know what I yeah. mean? And, and that, that's one of the things that I, I've always been able to put faith in what I, what I, I feel and, you know, the, the experience I've had before and go in there in the dark and, you know, man, you not necessarily be, you put that, be surprised when things happen, yeah. happen you know what yeah. I mean? You put that real, like, you just, yeah, you can do this. And I was like, oh. And I think a part of it's like I just I, I I'm still trying to build the confidence and doing certain things like, you know I yeah. I thought I kind of knew what I could do you know I went to Ohio and I I think it, I I don't want to say it was just the the public that I was hunting but it, it, I just got my butt kicked if I'm just going to be honest with you right. I just got like absolutely my butt handed to me and I was questioning my sanity and if deer were even real for about three weeks and you know, uh, I end up seeing two absolute like monsters, like two giants. Right. And yeah, that's great. Um, both that one was that, was, that was worth the price of admission. Yeah, Seth, yeah. right. And I, you know, I look, I look <laughs> at it now and I say, you know what, you know, I, 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 that was worth it at the time. I was like, I am the worst hunter there ever was, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, but I think a lot of it is, is confidence building into like, you know, like you said, a lot of guys will overcomplicate it. Just, you know, if you know that deer like doing this, you know, this one thing, you know, like leeward side or finding that, that trail yep. or the, on the third, like go to it, like just go and make a move and get in there. And like, what's the worst that's going to happen. You're going to scare deer. You're always going to scare deer at some point. You know what I mean? Like you're, you got to learn, yeah. you live and you learn. And, uh, yep. yeah. So that thing, you know, it kind of, turn to that i think a big thing is you know just the confidence thing of me overthinking that's it and and, and when you're looking at things like that too like if you're looking at for me you're looking at a map it's just like bass fishing if i got if i got a flat bottom lake that doesn't have any structure it's hard to fish that i can cast 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 but as soon as i find a a deadfall as soon as i find a rock that happened however got there or what you know whatever it is I know I'm spending time on that. It's the same exact thing with yeah. deer. It's exactly the same thing with deer. Like um, me, you know, I've, I've heard Greg talk a lot and, and um, 
I'll probably get a I'll probably get a text when this thing <laughs> if you if you ever do air this. Greg says that, that his deer down in the, the salt don't walk by trees. I think Greg's crazy. To be <laughs> I've honest heard with him you. say that a few times. I've heard him say that a few times. I've heard him say it a hundred times and I laugh every time. Like he's trying to keep people away from trees or something because those trees, those trees that are out there, when you see a tree that's out in the middle of a of a frag marsh and there's one tree that makes it. It's generally not going to be a tree that you can probably set yeah. up on. But if you go out there and look at the sign, that tree is exactly the same tree that's in a clear cut that didn't have any value and they left it yeah. there. And everything else got cut around it. That tree is the actual hub of the 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 wheels. You know what I mean? There is trails oh, yeah. that come in from every direction. Those deer use that. To me, I think those deer use it at night. I think they use, yeah. you know what I mean? That is something that they use as a beacon to get through there. Yeah. It's, you, I, I would, get, to get I would, through that. I would agree with that. Like, I, you know what I mean? I would, I so, would say that they use that. Me and Greg, did, we, we differ yeah. on that. And I'm sure I'm <laughs> going to get, as soon as this thing airs, he, he'll, but, uh, and I've confirmed that with other older guys too. And I, I said, what do you think about single trees out in, in yeah. frag? And, you know, the, the trees that stick out into frag and they're like absolute <laughs> hubs. And I'm like, I got a good friend, and he's a really, really good hunter. <laughs> and he, he thinks that the, the deer won't go by them, yeah, them I think, trees. I think and, Greg's you know, got maybe some, in uh, his experience, Greg's they don't. got some underlying <laughs> underlying plans. He's trying to keep the people away. <laughs> yeah. So we we differ yeah. on that, but and I'm sure I'm going to get razzed <laughs> about that. For, well, yeah. like I know that you know. Well, I was listening. To, do you know who Andy May is? Okay. Yes, I, I've listened to podcasts. I, uh, with him, I yes. listened to him the other day when he was on. Um, oh, was it Truth from the Stand? I don't remember. It was on a certain podcast, but he was talking about how um, he was even saying that that like I don't remember what state it was, but he was saying that that he he feels he was agreeing with the 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 host that he feels like there are some places that deer would equate certain trees with danger. And I was like, okay. you know, like to an extent, I feel like, you know, if a piece was really getting hammered and they were spotting, like, I feel like if a, if these deer were constantly spotting people in the trees, I would feel like maybe that would be the case. Um, you know, but yeah. you know, if nobody's ever in the trees, you know what I'm saying? Or that, you know, the, the, I, I would, you would, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I feel like I'd go either way. Yeah. yeah I, I really, I guess I don't know the context of what Andy was yeah. talking about on that but yeah but if maybe he was talking about you know every every white oak in kentucky <laughs> w when they start coming in and there's a guy that puts up in yeah. every white oak maybe white oaks are something they hit after dark or yeah. something maybe I don't, i'm not really sure exactly uh, okay let me ask you this uh this is another good, good another good one um early season I, I would I would like to say the early season is is something you would like to focus on the food sources, especially if they open if like say the bow season opens up in like early September. Would 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 a food source mm -hmm. be something that you would want to stick close to? Um, I'm I would probably go kind of the same way that Dan Infault goes with that. If it's someplace that's on a mainland and there's a lot of deer. So if you're going to that white Oak that that's yeah. dropping this week and every deer is going to it, I think deer mature deer that have been around a while realize that, Hey, I want to get those. I want to get over to that white Oak, but I'm going to wait till after dark yeah. to get there. And if they start feeling the pressure of someone that is, you know, guys that are hunting there, or they start smelling guys around yeah. that, that white Oak, the does, the does and the fawns and the young bucks are going to still get, get there before dark. But I think, I think the bigger bucks are going to, you're going to have a harder time. More, more safe. I would, I would try to have an, yeah, I would try to have, catch them um, closer to where you yeah. think they're bedding, a little, little more isolated bedding and try to catch them yeah. going to it that, you know, in the early cool. season myself. But then again, like you say that, and then you look at guys that hunt, um, Bean yeah. fields, <laughs> yeah, for you, sure. you know what I mean. In early season, and and those guys are setting up on yeah. bean fields. You know what I mean. I guess a lot of it has to for do sure. with that pressure. Yeah. You know what I mean. Just that the yeah. amount of pressure coming in and out, and how safe those deer feel. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. 
they're going to eat. That's that's what they're they're yeah. doing is they're eating. And and a lot, a lot of these guys, you know, I, I've been on the forums a lot for the last twenty years. You know what I mean? And a lot of guys will they I, I don't they they've been watching those bean fields all summer and into August and all that. Around here in South Jersey, probably around the the fifteenth to the eighteenth of August is when our acorns yeah. start dropping. And those, de- I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something right now. Those fields will empty out. There, there's hardly any any deer in in the the bean fields because they're walking right through those bean fields and they're going to that yeah. tree that's dropping. You know what I mean? That doesn't necessarily tie into you know we still got a, almost a month to go before yeah. we can start hunting them. But that if you can get into an area where, you know, like like I'm going to to uh, Delaware for for a velvet hunt this year. And my, my main thing will be around the Oaks, but I'm going to try to get, we went down there. I, I think I got a pretty good pattern on what bucks yeah. are doing down there, you know, as far as where they're bedding. So, I mean, I won't be on the Oaks. The Oaks are going to be the ultimate area to get where the deer are going to, but I'm going to, I want to get a little bit closer yeah. where they're bedding, you know, f- from those Oaks. So, and there's down there, there's a lot of eggs. So there's a lot of corn and there's going to be probably going to be yeah. a lot of beans this year. That's one thing. But, that's one thing I noticed uh, in Kentucky on that public that, they had Milo planted. They had a couple cornfields, um, but mm-hmm. like besides like the planted ag, I saw like, dude, I don't know how many locust trees and locust pods were everywhere. And right, do they hit? Do they eat them down that that far I, south I, that I, early? To be honest with you, brother, I'm not sure. But when I yeah, that's usually a winter. That's usually a winter source for us. It, like it our, might our, be the same. Yeah, it December and same. January. Yeah, I think they sweeten up. They 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 rot a little bit yeah. and they start sweetening up and they become a See, I didn't know real that. good food so source for them. Thank you for that information. I was yeah. I was thinking that might be a good a good thing to key in on, but I didn't know that you know it was later. It like locusts were late, or that was a good food source for later on in the year. You know, right? Um, it, but I from what I could tell, what I saw, and we we went and uh, scouted it. I think it was February. Um, and man, like, dude, they—you could just tell they were hammered. Like deer trails everywhere, just like you could tell they were just absolutely hammered. On the in February yeah, on those yeah. locust beans, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, uh, man. Well, I'm yeah. glad you told me that because I, I'd have been wasting some time. But <laughs> like I said, I've never, I've never actually hunted them. You know, hunted over yeah. a locust tree or whatever. But I. From what I've always been told is that they're, they, I think they they sit on the ground for a while or they sit up in the in the branches yeah. and ripen for a little bit before they sweeten up for them, you know. And it, it might also be maybe it's not yeah. the preferred thing until it becomes the of only course, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind, kind of, of like too. um, yeah. you ever heard of those uh, Osage apples or Osage oranges or whatever? They're like these giant. Yeah, we. I, I, there's a few of them floating around yeah. down South Jersey. There's yeah, like there a, is. This one piece yeah. I hunt here in West Virginia, like it's littered with those trees, but um, mm-hmm. they won't. It's like those are like bottom of the barrel, like like the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Field, like when the acorns. The thing is, there's tons of uh, oak trees around, so acorns were like literally littered everywhere. But I have seen them eat right. on them. But it was like I was told they're like, yeah, those yeah. are like bot- that's like bottom of the barrel food source. Like they don't really. It probably, yeah, that could be. Like I said, I've seen squirrels really hammer them. Yeah, sausage orange, but you know, I sit there. You see them, see them grab onto one of them things and just sit there yeah. and spin it around, eating it. You know what I mean? But I've never really, <laughs> never really seen deer eat them. But I, I've heard that they are. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're getting to the end of this. I, I, I want to, mm-hmm. I want you to have, uh, I want you to share a story any story just maybe a, a, just an awesome bow hunt experience i love hearing people's stories especially with a person with a lot of a lot of uh you know stories to share a lot of time put in you know maybe maybe have a couple learning tidbits in there along the way if if you want if you have any story you could build a share i'd uh please share it okay um sorry kind of put me on the spot here i'm i'm a I can, but I can, I can round, I think I can round one up. So, so it was a November 10th hunt. I got my early season buck. We have two seasons in Jersey. I had my early season buck already around the, the end of October. 
before our regular season went out. Um, went to Ohio, came back, um, was home for a few days. So I got permission to hunt on a Saturday morning. Nice. <laughs> and we had, I knew an area that I had a close encounter on the ground with a really big eight pointer. Um, it was a paddling area. I really kind of wanted to be in where he was at, but it, the wind wasn't quite exactly right for him. But I knew that there was an area that um, I thought to the north of it a little bit would have a lot of does in there and there'd be bucks in there. It was November 10th. We had, we were forecasted for a, um, like sustained 10 mile an hour winds, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds out of the Northwest. I, I planned my canoe in where, like I was telling you earlier, I was able to, um, have my ground scent become, you know, walk to the, the very area that I kind of wanted to be. I didn't know exactly what tree I wanted to be in, but I was able to cut back into this area. I kicked a really big buck off of a doe right at, at sunrise. I got in there a little bit later than I wanted to. And I split a, a, a mating pair up. So the buck went one way, the doe went the other. Um, I did, I cut into the wind. So my scent was, my scent stream was blown over my ground scent. I got into a big willow. I got up, um, four sticks and, you know, in my lone wolf, four sticks up. So probably about 25 feet at the platform, maybe at my waist or whatever, um, got up in there. Those deer split before I got my tree picked as I was walking into this open area along a transition line, they split up. So I split the deer, which is a good situation. It's almost like splitting yeah. a turkey, you know what I mean? Or, you know, two turkeys. And, um, Got set up, probably 20 minutes later, it got light. Um, that buck came through at about 40 yards on the transition line. I was a little bit too far away from exactly where he was going, but he cut back in. He's upwind of me and cut back in along the, the thing looking for that doe. I was not able to get a shot at him, and he was the yeah. buck that I was actually in there for. Um, he went in there, cut in, got to my Northeast. My wind is blown out of the Northwest. Good, good, you know, steady wind. Um, sitting there probably about another 20 minutes. And I seen another, from where he came from, I seen another big buck come run. It was about 80 yards out. He ran across and go, went back into that same cover, but he was to the Northwest. They, this buck and yeah. the doe were over to the Northeast. He cut in really big buck and right around the same time I was unable to call for him because right at the same time I had a doe group that came in and they came into oh, the man. southwest of me and they were just starting to get to the south of me where they were yeah. just barely cutting my wind so they were there for probably 20 minutes just sitting on the edge of my sense yeah. stream like where is this guy at you know what I mean like they weren't like right in the middle of it but they were just probably just kind of catching it as it would drift around here and there when the wind would yeah. You know, you get a backlash of wind or whatever. They, they knew something wasn't right. They didn't see me. They didn't know where I was at, but they knew that something wasn't right. And they sat there, light stomping, not blowing, but just light stomping. And I sat there and literally watched five bucks. And every single oh, buck that came man. would get bigger and bigger and bigger. There must have been a doe or maybe that's yeah. where that doe and that buckhead came through and cut over to where, where I was oh, at man. originally. But they they were chasing. Oh, they were on a dose yeah. scent. You know what I mean? And and I can't <laughs> blow. I can't can't call to him. I can't grunt to him. I can't do nothing. I'm just watching all these bucks go into this cover. And uh, I'm sitting there watching and watching and watching. And I told my friend, I said, "Dude, I am not oh, no. shooting nothing under a Pope and Young because I don't need to shoot nothing. Yeah. I'm not shooting nothing under a Pope and Young." And and. I, I literally watched five or six bucks going into this cover. And like I said, they were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally these, this doe group kind of just kind of settled back down and just kind of went back to, went to the Southwest and kind of got out of my sense stream and just walked away. They're just like, okay, we're not going over to that area, but I'm, I'm good with it. They never blew, never nothing. And I had a nice big eight pointer come in on that same line and I pulled the ground yeah. tube or the, the can call out the Primo's can call hit it two times. And that buck was out there at 80 yards 
And that buck came, I mean, yeah. he just beelined and started coming straight to me. Didn't go into the cover like everybody else did, just started coming right along that transition line. And I pulled the binoculars up one time. And I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make Pope and Young, but he turned his head and his brow yeah. tines were bladed. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot him. <laughs> and he came in, came to 12 yards. He was slightly quartering towards me. And I've, I've taken the shot. When you call, you always have to take it. I know we don't like to do it, but dude, I, I shoot 30 back then. I, with the compound, yeah. I shot, you know, 65 pounds, a 30 yeah. inch draw length. You know what I mean? And penetration, uh, one shoulder is not, yeah. it was never yeah. a problem for me. You know what I mean? And it doesn't make it necessarily ethical back in my days. You know, guys weren't taking those shots and we're taking them a little bit more nowadays, but slightly quartering away to me at 12 yards and, and I just put it right, put the yeah. twenty-yard pin a little bit low, right behind his front shoulder, and let him have it. I um, caught one long, the second long in the liver. He literally went fifteen yards. He just looked around like, "What was that?" He stepped fifteen yards and started, yeah, you know, started doing his yeah. fall down there, and Man. he was dead in a couple seconds later. And that that story was a good story. It was a fun yeah. hunt. It was a paddling hunt. Everything worked out. Yeah. You kind of felt like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was sure. the way it was supposed to work today. You know what I mean? And I, I had the patience. I had the patience with these other ones, these does back here blowing and, and, and had the patience. And there's probably a, a couple, two, three bucks yeah. that are bigger. that are back in this cover right now, but yeah, it all worked out good. But Seth, I got to be honest with you. That was the, the last time that I yeah. even wanted to shoot one with a compound. You know what I mean? It was just, it was great. It worked out good. And it was, it, it was the second buck of the year, and I was yeah, just like, you know what? I got to do something different. Yeah, and that's when I switched over to trad. So, and it, you know <laughs> what I mean? I shot one more doe with um, my wife's cousin, um, Johnny Sinelli, and I. We usually get together for one or two paddling hunts into an area where there's a lot of yeah. does, and we usually just sit there like we're duck hunting. <laughs> that's awesome. And shoot, yeah, shoot does. You know what I mean? In the winter time, you know, and yeah, and we usually film it or whatever too. But you know, it's. And uh, we did that one day after that, and yeah. that was in late December, right after Christmas. And um, after that, I, I ordered a, a longbow, and yeah, I've been shooting sure. trad ever since. I, I, definitely I something it. that I love I'm going to get into. Yeah. But I think right now, like, yeah, I just I want to get to such a level, well, in my in, to myself that I'm like, I feel so confident with my compound and like going into spots and like getting it done. You know, and, you know, just doing it and like, okay, mm -hmm. I want to grab the trad and, 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 you know, because like, you know, and bow hunting, like I can get deep and be like, oh, bow hunting means this, this and this. But like, it's still, I, it's still the challenge yeah. that like the fire in me is still, I love the challenge of bow hunting and, you know, that, that, that I crave. And I feel like there's so many challenges ahead of me that I still want to get through. And then trad is going to be the next move, you know, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like you said on the phone yeah. the other day, you're like, yeah, like, you know, me and Greg, you know, we, you know, we're kind of more, you know, not so mainstream, you know, and, you know, doing the bait thing isn't just what, you know, gives us that satisfaction and kind of that thing. And, you know, I'm the same way. It's, you know, it's the reason why yeah. I'd like, and nothing, no, there's nothing wrong with gun hunting at all, but I just love my bow. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I love grabbing my bow and be like, all right, you know, it's time, it's go time. And, you know, I'm going on a piece of public that I know is pressured and I just beat, I, I want to be able to, you know, come out and be like, I just beat all the other hunters and this mature buck with a bow, you know what I mean? And come out and it's, it's something. Yeah. No, Seth, I, <laughs> I've been, I've been a bow hunt. I've been a licensed bow hunter for 38 years and I was shooting squirrels and chickadees and everything else since I was five or six years old with a little, yeah. Recurve, yeah. a little red fiberglass recurve you know what i mean me <laughs> i <I've, laughs> maybe maybe some other day we can do a oh, just do sure. a, a childhood <laughs> thing and we can tell stories about our childhood because I, I i i'm a very very absolutely northern redneck country kid man and uh and we used to me and my brother used to have little fiberglass oh, creatures and we put firecrackers on them take oh. them to the end like we were Bo, Bo and luke oh, duke yeah. and, you know i don't know i just yeah but i've been i've been told like my, my wife is 
she's from South Jersey and her family are, yeah. are uh, very, very good people, but they're, they're generally <laughs> yeah. kind of city people. You know what I mean? And, and I started telling them stories when, when I first met my wife and started meeting her brothers and her cousins and her uncles and started telling them stories about growing up in the upper peninsula. And they're just like, Oh my, it, it, over yeah. a couple of beers and, you know what I mean? Start telling stories and they're just like, you have got to write a book, man. Yeah. Some of the people that you've met the you know what I mean? Just the, the crazy people you've met Absolutely. and stuff over the years. But yeah, like, like I said, man, it's just, I, uh, I'm a bow hunter. I, I've shot deer, plenty of deer with guns. Um, yeah, I got a, a 16 point buck down in my basement. Yeah. It's 159 and six eights. You know what I mean? I shot with a rifle. Um, my first turkey was with a shotgun. I always said, okay, when I try turkey hunting, I'm going to shoot one yeah. with a shotgun, then I'm bow hunting them ever yeah. since. And that's exactly what I've done. You know what I mean? I, and, you know, that's bow hunting is where it's at for me. I don't have anything yeah. no, no, against no. anybody that hunts any other way, but that's what yeah. I, that's what I need yeah. to make it happen. And I think happy, you make know, me happy. You know what I mean? So it, it bothers me because, you know, there's a lot of people who ask me, oh, you don't gun hunt. And I say, no, I, I'm a bow hunter. I'm like, well, what's wrong with gun hunting? It's nothing at all. Mm-hmm. I just I prefer a bow. And some people, like, they, they'll take it one or two ways. They're like, oh, well, you're stupid. You need to go get the gun. Or they'll be like, you know, they take kind of take it offensive, like I'm looking down on them. You know what I mean? And I just – and I think that's the kind of narrative yeah. that <clears throat> maybe not right now, but uh, at some point the mainstream was like, oh, you shoot do this way and, you know, do that way. And I think – you know, if people who are mainstream, like uh, Bone Collector, those are people I've been watching since I was uh, as young as I can remember. You know what I mean? And I absolutely love, you know, yeah. when they're like, you, you know, when they talk about, you know, hunters coming together as a whole and like, look, we're all doing the same thing. We're all in this yeah. for the one thing, you know, and we need to be a team at the end of the day. And I'm like, absolutely agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just because somebody's not shooting that one bow yeah. or, you know, using this certain you know, pair of binoculars doesn't mean, you know what I mean? And I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing too. I, like I said, I've, I've watched all those shows and all that kind of stuff. I don't have a whole, I, I wouldn't sit on here and say any, yeah. any names of people that I don't respect, but that group of guys, I mean, the, I, I, I think, <laughs> you know, Michael oh, Waddell, yeah. <laughs> he's a character. You know what I mean? He's a real good character. I think he does a lot of good things. But Michael Waddell, he's one of the ones out oh, on TV absolutely. that could go get absolutely. it done on his own. You, you know I what agree. I mean? There ain't many of them that can. He, he's in the upper. It, it, him and Nick can get – could go kill deer no matter where they're at. I am 110% in agreement with you. You, you know what I mean? I think uh, – Yeah. Yeah, ninety five percent of those people on yeah. those shows yeah. are not that show. I Other agree. shows aren't doing it. Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot of respect for a lot of those guys. Besides, besides the fact that they've been able oh, to put sure. themselves <laughs> in a situation where they get to hunt for a living. Yeah, I yeah. do. Ha- I do have a re- respect for that part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? But but they're pimping <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? They're making a living yeah. off of pimping. They're really they're salesmen. <laughs> um, you know what absolutely. I mean? But I, yeah, ahead, I apologize. But the, the, the oh, absolutely. Them bone collector boys get, I, they uh, can get her done. I think they I can get to a you podcast, know what I mean? uh, the hunting public podcast that they did with David Blanton a while back. I think it was during the ATA and he was talking about, yeah. you know, how he was like, you know, back where I grew up, he was like, there were guys that were flat out better hunters than I were. He's like, absolutely. So they could hunt circles around me. And mm-hmm. he was like, I, he was like, I'd never want to portray, you know, and David Blanton, they were all part of real tree, you know, and like monster bucks as that was, being a thing back in the day but like he was like you know there's guys that can hunt circles with me and and even him he was like i don't ever want to pro- you know i think i'm i'm the i'm the head honcho or i'm the best or this and that and then he mentioned michael he was like michael waddell can yep. flat out hunt you know and i was like yep that's right you know you know but yeah. uh, absolutely i agree um yeah but man you know i want to first of all i want to say that you know I am so happy that Greg wanted me to get you on here. I'm so happy we got to have this conversation and, you know, I, I take it as a blessing because, you know, me one way, one way I'm going to tell you, you kind of blessed me in a way you were like, you know, Hey, 
I told you about finding that bed in Kentucky and you were like, Hey, like now you can just go find it on your map and just go do it. Mm-hmm. And in my, and personally I was like, what? And then it kind of opened my eyes. Cause you know, it's just saying like, you need to stop second guessing and just have confidence, you know, in, in the stuff that you, you, and you learn and the work that you put in. So I thank you, you know, for making it simple for somebody who makes everything really complicated. Yeah. Uh, but man, Todd, thank you so much for taking your time and sitting down and getting on. We are definitely going to do another one soon. Maybe the mid-season update and maybe you can teach me some more, learn me some more knowledge about killing some deer. And, uh, man, I just want to say thank you so much. And I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope we can do it again. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Uh, real quick. I did too, Seth. Don't be a stranger, man. where they can find you on hey. social media. Yeah. I'm just a UP bow hunter on Instagram and Todd Freeman on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, I used to have a YouTube page. I don't even know if it's open anymore. It was Todd Freeman. All right, brother. You have a good evening. Thank you so much for your time. And we will talk soon.